ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. And Bowler jogs across the line, 145-24. He should have kept running harder. He should have kept running harder. Fifth place. That's the sound of Peter Bowl failing to get out of the heat stage for the 800 metres at the World Championships in Hungary. In a year from hell, things got even worse for the champion runner. False doping allegations, reputational damage, disrupted preparation, and now a disastrous race on the biggest stage. Peter Bowl is angry, and to be honest, that seems more than reasonable. Less than a year from Paris, can he use that emotion to turn it around? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Quentin Hull is an athletics commentator for ABC Sport. He's called action at the Com Games, the Olympic Games, you name it. Q, Peter Boll arrived in Hungary with hopes that he could get back to something resembling his best. How and why did it go all so wrong in Budapest overnight? Yeah, it's an interesting one, Pat, uh, because there are two elements here. Well, there's probably three. One, the physical condition that he's in because of the fact that uh, he hasn't been able to train in the regular way over the last year or so leading into these championships. So what's his body like? Two, what's his mind like? Boy, isn't that a deep well to dig considering what he's been through? Uh, And particularly on the eve of his race at the World Championships with all of the governing bodies basically saying, mea culpa, it's been a massive mistake. The worst thing that can happen is what happened in that case. Yet uh, Pete's still been what he's been through. And three, this is probably the one thing that people won't look at all that closely, but it might be the most simple explanation of that particular heat, um, which I've rewatched a couple of times. He's a guy that likes to get to the front and dictate pace. He he was in lane two on the inside. Ball at the moment, the Australian, former Australian record holder, has run 334 this year, he's got newfound strength. Back in about sixth at the moment, Muller, the Algerian, down the outside, is keeping him against the curve. Tactically, he either had to make a really bold decision to get out the front of that pack and try and lead them or sit back and see what happened. He sat back, the pace was slow, and he missed the kick. Ball's still got a lot to do. The Swede drama in yellow in third place. The Kiwi in fourth place there, Preston. Ball trying to come through now. Moura of Algeria is back in fifth. Ball swings very wide indeed, but they're already travelling. Yet again, it's a risky game, this one. So there's the race itself and his tactics. There's the, the mind games, there's the fact that his body wouldn't have been attuned to what um, he would have expected had he, had he not had all the dramas. So, yeah, there's a few areas to look at. Let's talk about his reaction to the result because we're hearing reports of him you know, storming through the media mix zone. It feels as though it's the first time, understandably so, that we're starting to see him really starting to show his frustration and anger cue. And why not? The hardest thing for Pete here is that he realises that his dreams are still in front of him, but he's had a massive setback. And it's not a setback of his doing. And it's not even an injury, which, of course, we can think, well, it's not really the athlete's doing. Until he speaks candidly about this, we're probably just guessing. I'm trying to think of his advisors, what they'd be saying. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if it would be the matter of get out there and run. And really, you don't need to speak 
about the injustice that you've been through because you have got all of these massive administrative people from the big world bodies when it comes to doping. You know, they're basically speaking for you. They, they've told the world that it's a mistake. They've told the world that you have been unjustly treated. Not fair for the athlete. We accept that. What we have to do is ensure that WADA does its work in reviewing the whole process as they said they would. I don't know what Pete achieves by going on and speaking further about that. If anger's a part of what he's going through, well, that's probably a part of the natural process because, look, as horrible that this has all been for him, the reality is he's still got a, a clean runway now to get to Paris and to put in an unbelievable chapter in his story, which has got a huge component of injustice in it. It was fascinating that the race came on the same day that the Athletics Integrity Unit described the bowl case specifically as a disgrace for doping authorities. So what we must do is to ensure the process can be reviewed and reconducted in a way that doesn't end up in such a disaster. Do you think it could be part of what has led to him being particularly outwardly frustrated and angry? Oh, the fact that that landed when he's back in front of the, the world's eyes is surely something that's affected him. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, athletes, they're so amazing with their mental and physical strength. But the timing is there for him, I think. Everyone knew that he was going to run and, and the world was probably waiting for him to speak in the mix zone. But I'll go back to my previous point. What can he say that the authorities haven't. The world sports fans really need another athlete protesting their innocence to a doping test, even though the world knows that this is, this is a legitimate claim here because the, the authorities have, have said so. Maybe he's just trying to encapsulate all of that and, and work his way through it. The, the commentator spoke a little bit in his race about why didn't he run through the line. He should have kept running harder. Fifth place. He might have got a fastest non-automatic qualifying spot, but we think probably not. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. I think he just realised that he'd run a probably not the, the greatest tactical race and his time wasn't going to be good enough to get through anyway. And obviously he's still working his way back to being in the best mental and physical state to compete at the top level. We're still going to wait for a bit of this pat to come out, but I think the young man's got the right to probably hold his cards a little bit at the moment to ensure he doesn't say something that he regrets in the future, because I think there's enough talk in his favour at the moment anyway. It was really interesting to read murmurs that perhaps he's frustrated with Athletics Australia in the sense that he's refused to prepare for these world championships with the team. Can you imagine the two groups reconciling as we look ahead towards Paris? And do they kind of need to? Bowles probably going to need all the support he can get. The thing that we probably need to work out is where did it go wrong? Really, if we find that out, does it matter? That's the real juxtaposition here. If we find out how the A sample came back positive, I mean, really, what does it matter? I mean, the guy's had his name smeared. He's had his training disrupted. He's had his preparation for an Olympic Games markedly affected. From AA, I don't know what they can do. I mean, I think they'll be outwardly apologetic in, in a context of where they have to realise that they know their own but at the same time, they can't be putting the, the name of one athlete above the pursuit to maintain the integrity of its sport. And let's be frank, athletics is a sport which is tarred with the public opinion that too many drug cheats have got away with too much for too long. Now, this is a mistake, a huge mistake in the Peter Bowl case. But the fight against the legitimate drug cheats must go on. This is just a horrible, horrible mistake where one man's life has been turned upside down because of it.
We're less than a year out from the Paris Olympics. It should be the moment the bowl is at his athletic peak. Do you think he can channel these swirling emotions to deliver himself the result that he so thoroughly deserves? Yeah, that's the great question now, isn't it? He looked pretty smooth in his action. I mean, he looked like the Peter Bowl that we'd seen at the Tokyo Games, at Comp Games previously, at, at other world champs. Peter Bowl, the Olympic fourth place, has been through the mill this year with that uh, false doping positive that he was accused of back in January. He's been preparing and in Andorra up in the Pyrenees. We know he's in great shape, Bowl. But... I remember remarking on some of his other races where tactically he was keen to get to the front and, and obviously that didn't happen in the, the heat in Budapest. You have got to be nearer the front. If the pace is slow, it's not rocket science. If it's a slow race, you've got to be nearer the front. It's a matter of both, isn't it, Pat? I mean, obviously you've got to get your body right and you just don't know how much of an effect that that has, has taken on him with the fact he hasn't been able to train the way he would wanted to. But I'd suggest maybe the mental battle is bigger for Pete. I think that that's one that he can get on top of, probably better than the physical one. It might sound strange, but mentally, if you can get yourself to a point where you are just out there focusing on your race and you compete your utmost ability, you can be in control of that. I mean, the, the physical part, you can't replace training that you haven't done. You can't replace the conditioning that could have been a part of your lead-in the thing is, you can still prepare. If you're mentally not right, it doesn't matter how good the body is. I see the next phase of this as Pete probably coming to terms with it, almost striking peace within himself that the authorities have done him wrong. But in the end, what does that matter? If you're an athlete and you've got a small opportunity to show the world how good you are, can he get over it? Can he realise that in the end, he'll look back on himself and say, well, did I give myself the best opportunity, even though all these things worked against me? That's the question that Peter Bowles got now. Can he win that battle with himself mentally when all these things have gone against him? Because if he can, I reckon we're a chance of seeing some really good running in Paris. And there are examples of a similar scenario playing out at this particular World Champs meet, isn't there? There's other athletes who have been through vaguely similar things who have been able to turn that corner. Well, the example for a straight up, Pat, is Shikari Richardson, who was banned for a positive test for marijuana. She won the women's 100 metres. Sharika Jackson, is she just going to do it? Oh, on the near side, right at the end, from nowhere in lane nine. It's an incredible performance from Shikari Richardson. It meant so much. It meant the people that supported me, the people that believed in me, my family, just knowing that hard work pays off. It's been a lot I've been going through. But to overcome all of that and my work speaking for itself, being so silent this year because I wanted my performance to speak all the words that I needed to speak myself, it feels amazing. It feels like it feels like everything I paid off. I'd love to see that speech being made by Pete Bowl at the Olympics after a wonderful performance in Paris because the template's there. Yeah, she was rubbed out of the sport at a time when it looked like she was going to challenge the likes of Shelley and Fraser Price, all of the great Jamaican sprinters, and, and she won steaming down the outside to get past Fraser Price and, and Sherika Jackson, these great names. So the scenario is there in world sport to see this happen, but it takes wonderful power of the mind. And look, I think Pete can get his body right because he's an amazing athlete and he's still been looking after himself. Perhaps Shakari Richardson is the one person he leads to look to, to Pat for that other part of his ability to get back to where he belongs. It's a story to watch. We can't wait to see how it unfolds. Q, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure, Pat. Headlines. Staying with athletics, and the good news is that Bowles' good friend Joseph Deng did qualify for the semis 
with a confident run as he finished third in his heat. Rugby League, and yesterday we covered the situation at South Sydney where there's been allegations that star Latrell Mitchell has received preferential treatment, which is causing a rift within the playing group and causing frustration among assistant coaches. It felt combustible, and today it combusted, with assistant coach Sam Burgess walking away from the club. Here's senior coach Jason Demetrio. Jason, did you want Sam out of the club? I didn't want Sam out of the club, no. But it is what it is. There's decisions being made. We move on. Expect to read a lot of speculation in coming days about whether Burgess was leaking against Luttrell and whether he had the club legend forced out. Here's Demetrio on whether the fullback dominates at Souths. Luttrell's a big presence, you know, and, and as Sam was when he was playing. Um, but to say that he's dominating the club is just he's a part of a leadership team. Cameron Murray's our captain and does a fantastic job as a leader of this club. Is he dominating the club? No. He's just It's just a comment that's ridiculous. I mean, he was out for three months. Who was dominating the club then? Interesting times. Have a listen to our podcast from yesterday about how we got here. The Boomers have tuned up for their World Cup opener with a five-point win over Georgia. Nick Kay top-scored for the Australians with 14 points. Chris Golding had 13 as he returned from injury. Finland is the team's first opponent at the World Cup. And Courtney Vine has given the A-League women's a huge boost, re-signing with Sydney FC for an extra season. The talented attacker was expected to potentially move overseas off the back of her World Cup heroics. Think penalty shootout gem against France. But she's just given football fans another reason to get around the local comp. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to SBS and NBC Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.